James chapter one, starting at verse two. I'm going to read verses two and four, two through four to begin with. It says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. And this is a New Living translation. I might go back and forth between New Living and ESV, but that was from the New Living, just if anybody wonders. So um, I think if I asked everybody if you guys have experienced trials in life, that would be kind of like asking if you're breathing, right? Because life comes with trials and hardships. And no matter who we are, it could, we could be the most powerful person in the world and there's still trials or the richest person in the world. Um, and there's still hardships that come our way just because we're living life. So when this verse says, consider it an opportunity for great joy, or in the ESV, it says, count it all joy when you meet trials of various kinds. Um, I don't think joy is the word that I would think of when it comes to trials. Like if I think of hard times in my life, that's not the first thing that comes to mind is joy. But God's word and God um, a lot of times is different from what we would automatically go to. And that's good for us and it's refreshing for us. So sometimes when we go through hard times, it feels like our faith is being tested. Or maybe we feel like we don't even have the faith to begin with to face whatever it is that we're up against. But this verse says to count it joy. Have you ever been through a hard time and when you get to the other side of it, you can look back and realize that God was with you all along? And that you realize that your faith, faith was stronger than you realized. I think sometimes that's where the joy comes in, at least in my experience, which is limited. So when you get, when you're in the thick of a trial or you're in the thick of something that's really hard, say it's a broken relationship or you're going through something with your kids, it can be really, really overwhelming and it doesn't feel joyful. But this is a good reminder to count it as joy. And I think the joy of it can be that when we look back, we realize what we learned and we realized how we grew and how God never left us. And also when we go through hard things, our faith in God grows and we experience, um, you know, his faithfulness in our lives. And that is something that is, gives us deep joy. Also, I think sometimes we can feel like, oh, well, I don't have the faith to begin with, but I have to remind myself that faith isn't something that I just do myself. Faith is a gift that God gives me. And we can choose to put our faith in God and trust him, or we can have faith in our struggles and the thing that we're facing. You know, we can have faith that God has got us and that God's going to walk with us through whatever we're going through. And that's what I try to choose to do. But sometimes there's a temptation to have faith that whatever we're going through, you know, use our faith 
to believe in the struggle instead of what God is saying. And so that's something that I want to encourage you guys to remember that when the mountains seem really, really big and it feels like you can't climb them, that that's when God's going to come through and he's going to get you through and he's going to get you to where you need to be. I want to encourage you guys with that. Um, faith is a gift from God, but we, let's see here. What we choose to have faith in can give that thing more power. So if we choose to have faith in the hardship, and I say have faith in the hardship, that sounds kind of weird. We can choose to um, focus on the thing that's hard and focus on the trouble. And that kind of gives the troubles more power in our lives when our focus is on that. Or we can focus on God and we can focus on his promises and we can focus on reminding ourselves that we can trust him no matter what we're going through. And then that um, gives us the opportunity to lean into God that much more. And trusting God and leaning into God during those times can actually bring us joy, even when we're going through it, even when we're not to the end of it yet. Surrendering those struggles can, can encourage us and bring us joy. When I'm going through hard times, often the thing that makes them so much harder is that I don't know what to do. I'm struggling with something and trying to figure it out. And I'm just like, how do I do this? I haven't faced this before. Um, it feels again, like mountains too high to climb and I need wisdom to know what to do. Thankfully, if we continue reading in the chap this chapter of James, um, the answer to that comes. So let's look at verses five through eight. It says, if any, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking, but when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. I seriously need this. I feel like I lack wisdom in so many areas, especially when I'm facing challenges. To know that I can ask God for wisdom and God will give it to me generously gives me so much peace. I don't have to figure it out on my own. I don't have to have it all together because God says I can ask for wisdom and God will give it to me and God will give it to you too. That doesn't mean that I don't freak out sometimes. And when I'm struggling, I don't um, feel overwhelmed or I don't, uh, you know, panic. I'm not sharing this because I have this all together myself, guys. I'm sharing this is because this is what I'm walking through myself. And I just want to tell you guys that, that. I don't have this figured out, but I do trust God. And I do believe that what this says is true. And I have experienced it in my own life. When I need wisdom, I can ask him and that he gives it to me. Um, I don't have to figure it out on my own. I don't have to have it all together. 
because God says I can ask for wisdom and God will give it to me and God will give it to you. But there's that faith thing again, right? There's, you know, it says that we should ask, but not to waver. For a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. We don't want to be waves of the sea just blown and tossed by the wind. We want to be solid in um, our trust in God. And thankfully, like I said before, that's not something that we have to like muster up in our own strength. Like, God, I'm trusting you. That's something that... um, it's kind of like more of a surrender, I think, where we're laying down our control and we're laying down our fear and whatever it is that we're struggling with. And we're saying, okay, God, I don't know how this is going to work, but I need wisdom to know what to do to take the next step. Um, so we can believe that God's going to help us. We can believe that God will help us through what we're facing and that he's going to give us wisdom and that when we ask, we can be ready and waiting for the miracle that it's going to take to help us. Sometimes you guys ever been in a situation where it's going to take a miracle to get you out of it. I have. Um, And we can trust God for the wisdom, but also trust that that miracle is coming for us especially when there's no other way, right? I've heard this. I don't know if you guys have heard the saying, but God, somebody will say something. Someone says, but God, and that can sound cliche, but also when we are facing stuff, God does have our back and he is there to give us wisdom. Um, sometimes that I feel little when I'm asking God stuff, like God's so amazing. And who am I, right? Even though I'm asking and trusting Sometimes I don't feel like it has what it takes to do what God is asking me to do. Like those things are too big or the challenges I'm facing seem too overwhelming. But let's continue to read starting with verse nine. Let's see what it says about that. So in verse nine, it says, believers who are poor have something to boast about for God has honored them. And those who are rich should boast that God has humbled them. They will fade away like a little flower in the field. The hot sun rises and the grass withers. The little flower droops and falls and its beauty fades away. In the same way, the rich will fade away with all of their achievements. So what this tells me is that I don't have to have all the resources to figure out whatever is facing me. And I can be happy with not knowing and not having what it takes, because in my weakness, God's strength is perfected. And in my ignorance, God's wisdom has room to shine through. Just like little flowers, we will all fade, rich or poor, powerful or weak. We are all in this together. And one is not greater than another just because they are rich or powerful. Don't feel bad if you're poor and don't feel higher than others if you're rich. This seems to be saying that God has a way of leveling things out by bringing the rich and powerful down and lifting the weak and poor up. This verse says that people who feel poor or lowly actually have something to boast about for God has honored them. And people who are rich or powerful can feel good that God will humble them. 
Because when we're full of pride, it leads to a fall, right? So being humbled by God isn't a bad thing. It's not something that we can be afraid of. And we don't want to be haughty and we don't want to be prideful. Um, because sometimes that can hurt, you know, when we're humbled, when we're in that kind of situation. But when God humbles us, I feel like he does it in love. Um, so being humbled by God's not a bad thing, as long as we can accept it and not try to push back and buck what God is doing in our lives. God never does something that will harm us. God loves us and only wants what's best for us. So because of that, we can fully trust and have faith that he loves us and that um, he's for us and he'll give us wisdom. So see how this is kind of building. I hope I'm making sense. I'm not used to teaching on Zoom. So <laughs> um, I'm just trying to, you know, say that it's building, it's building from the trials and having joy. And then you can ask for wisdom. And then if you're feeling either lowly or you're feeling proud, God's going to give you what you need, whether that's lifting you up or humbling you. So let's continue with verse 12. Oh, oh there's the train. It says, God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And remember, when you are being tempted, do not say God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. Guys, this is so important. God does not tempt us. You know, this kind of goes along with, so we started with the trials and joy, then we went to asking for wisdom, then to God, um, kind of leveling the field and giving each person what they need. But sometimes when we go through hard things, I think maybe there's a temptation <laughs> um, or something that kind of makes us think that God is putting us through it. Like, oh, God must be testing me to see if I'm really going to follow him. Or God must be putting me in this situation, you know, just to, um, yeah, just to test us and tempt us, see if we're going to do the right thing. But this says right here that God is never tempting us. And it says God is never tempted to do wrong and he never tempts anyone else. So God does not tempt us. God is not tempted. God is not going to purposely tempt you with something just to see if you can handle it. God's not going to put you in a situation where you're tempted to do something that would harm you or others. God loves you way too much for that. This is so important because if we think God's going to tempt us and if, and if we think God may put us in a situation where we could be harmed or enticed to do something that would harm us or harm somebody else, or like just to test us, that kind of makes it hard to trust God. So that kind of like takes the foundation out of this whole passage where it says that um, we can count it joy when we go through trials and that where it says we can ask him for wisdom and trust that he's going to give it to us. Because if we think he's going to tempt us or he thinks we think that he's putting us through the trials, then or the hard times 
then it makes it sort of tough to trust him. Like maybe um, makes us think that he doesn't have our best interest at heart. And that's not true. He does. Um, trust comes easier when we fully know that God wants what's best for us. So if there's anything that you guys get out of this, I just want you to get out that God wants what's best for you. And if you look at trusting God through that lens, through knowing that what God has for you is the best thing, then it makes trust kind of follow and it makes trust kind of come along. Um, God doesn't want to trick us. This verse says clearly that temptation to do things that are wrong come from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. And when we give in to the temptations from our own desires, we do things that are not good for us or for others. This section of scripture is kind of like a whole sermon in itself. So for the sake of this message, I just want to focus on how we can fully trust God because God will never tempt us. So those temptations or trials you're going through, it's not God trying to tempt you or test you. So let's continue um, to verse 16. It's James 1, 16. And I'm going to read it, this one out of the ESV. It says, do not be deceived, my beloved brothers. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shadow due to change. Of his own will, he brought us forth by the word of truth, that we should be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. And in the New Living Version, it says, so don't be misled. This is the same scriptures, verses 16 through 18. And it says, so don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God, our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chooses to give birth to us by giving us his true word. And we, out of all creation, became his prize. Let that sink in. You guys, out of all creation, are his prize. That's really cool. That's more than cool. Cool's not the right word. That's amazing. You are his prize. You are his treasure. And whatever is good and perfect is from God. We can have faith in that. There's no darkness in the father of lights. God doesn't have a scheme to harm you or trick you to see if you'll follow him or not. We are loved by God. God will give us wisdom when we ask, and we don't need to doubt because God is for us and not against us. I'm going to say that one more time. God is for you, each one of you, and not against you. I know this seems so simple, but um, to me, it's profound. When we go through hard times, we can count it joy because we will look back on it and see how God worked in and through whatever the situation was. And we can count it joy when we are walking through it because we can just lean into God and spend time with him. And I think some of my um, 
most intimate times with God were when I was going through something really hard, when I was, you know, didn't have the answers and I didn't know what to do. And there was no plan B. Um, and I could just trust him fully. That was some of the times that I had the most close, I think, encounters with God and just amazing times with him. And that is joy. We can count that joy. Be encouraged, my friends, because God loves you and there's nothing you can do to make God love you less and nothing you can do to make God love you more. He loves you because he loves you, because you're his child and you're, um, I mean, it says here in this New Living Translation, out of all creation, you are his prize. You know, he created us in his image to walk out amazing lives. And part of those amazing lives have to do with hard times. And as we walk through the hard times, um, he can give us joy through it. That doesn't have anything to do with what we're going through. It's not a happiness that comes from the outside of us, but it's a joy that wells up from the inside of us because it's a gift that God has given us. Um, in your hardest situations, call out to God. And God will give you wisdom and peace in the storm. Um, to wrap this up, to kind of close, I would like to just read all the verses, James chapter 1, verses 2 through 18. I want to read it all together because I kind of broke it up and talked in between it. I'm going to read it all together. And I just want to encourage you to just listen and soak it up. Soak up this scripture. So that next time you're facing hard things, or maybe you're facing some hard things in your life right now, it'll comfort you in it. And you'll have that peace and this scripture inside of you because you've, you know, listened to it and spent time with it. So I want to give you guys, I feel like to me, when I do that, it's like a gift to me from God. So I want to give you guys that little gift from God. So I'm going to read James chapter one, verses two through 18. It says, dear brothers and sisters, when troubles of any kind come your way, consider it an opportunity for great joy. For you know that when your faith is tested, your endurance has a chance to grow. So let it grow. For when your endurance is fully developed, you will be perfect and complete, needing nothing. If you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. But when you ask him, be sure that your faith is in God alone. Do not waver, for a person with divided loyalty is as unsettled as a wave of the sea that is blown and tossed by the wind. Such people should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Their loyalty is divided between God and the world, and they are unstable in everything they do. Believers who are poor have something to boast about, for God has honored them. And those who are rich should boast that God has humbled them. They will fade away like a little flower in the field. The hot sun rises and the grass withers. The little flower droops and falls, and its beauty fades away. In the same way, the rich will fade away with all of their achievements. God blesses those who patiently endure testing and temptation. Afterward, 
they will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. And remember when you are being tempted, do not say God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong, and he never tempts anyone else. Temptation comes from our own desires, which entice us and drag us away. These desires give birth to sinful actions, and when sin is allowed to grow, it gives birth to death. So don't be misled, my dear brothers and sisters. Whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from God our Father, who created all the lights in the heavens. He never changes or casts a shifting shadow. He chose to give us, to give birth to us by giving us his true word. And we, out of all creation, became his prize. So God bless you guys. I'm going to pray for you guys before we can unmute and kind of talk and visit if you guys want to hang out. But I want to pray. Father, I thank you for this passage of scripture. And I thank you that when we're going through hard times and when we're struggling and when we're suffering, we can count it joy. Pray that you would show us, God, what that looks like in just a tangible way in our lives. That each person hearing this word, they would be able to find joy even in their hard times. That their worst days would prove that you are good, God. I ask that you would bless each person on here. I pray for the people who aren't on this Zoom call, that you would bless them and that you would help us to um, take whatever steps we need to take so that we can meet in person. I ask for wisdom, God. We ask together as a church, we ask for wisdom to know what to do to um, face the trials that we have as a community with COVID. We ask and we believe that you're going to show us strategies to be able to be together. And I pray that you would give that wisdom to us. That you would open our ears to hear and open our eyes to see. And I thank you, God, just for your blessings and that we can trust you. And Father, we love you. And we believe that you love us and want what's best for us and that we can trust that and we can trust your intentions pray that you would give us miracles and signs and wonders to show us how good you are and i thank you for all of this in jesus name amen